rise up young man, rise up young lady, you are not alone, no matter what you're going through, it is going to pass, you're gonna come out the other side, keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today, Gabriela. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for giving well, us your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for inviting me. Like, I really appreciate that. Definitely, I know you are. I know you are at Harvard, so sure you have so much work. Oh my gosh! Yep, it's that time of the semester, and I know it's that like that way for you too. So <laughs> I'm busy. Definitely. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, um, my name is Gabriella Pierre. Um, me and Mama know each other because we are both Gates Millennium Scholars. <laughs> um, yeah, which is truly a blessing, and we'll talk more about that, you know, in this episode. I just graduated from the University of Central Florida last year mm-hmm. with my bachelor's degree in English language arts education and a minor in nonprofit management. And now I am getting my master's in education at Harvard University in Boston, Massachusetts. So I'm definitely, I feel privileged to be here, blessed, and then we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, um, I'm just excited to just share my story and encourage and inspire, you know, at least one person um, tonight. Yeah. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Are you from Florida? Yes. So I am from Miami, Florida. Wow. And I was born and raised there, but my parents were born in Haiti. Um, and so I'm Haitian, Haitian American, and yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever been in Haiti? Yes. So I went to Haiti twice when I was younger. I still have like, um, not vivid memories, but like, uh, I have like a little memory of my time there. I definitely want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't been in years. Yeah. Wow. Did your parents tell you why they moved? Um, it was because around the time that they moved, there was, you know, like corruption um, in terms of the government. And it was, you know, poverty and things like just issue, vital issues that they had to flee from. And so they immigrated with like my whole family, my whole immediate family immigrated at the same time. Wow. And so now, like, yeah, my grandparents, my grandma, my aunts, uncles, cousins, like we all live in Miami now. Wow. And I have my grandparents from my dad's side are still in Haiti, and I have people from my dad's side in Haiti, but may, like my mom's side is really here. Yeah. Wow. Do you, did they tell you the story about how hard it was for them to adapt once they got here? Yeah. So that's one thing that I need to like work on is getting their narrative, um, their story. I haven't had the chance to sit down yet to talk to them about the struggles but it was i mean from you know it's like seeing like firsthand as the you know the kid mm-hmm. the struggles that they face like i can attest that you know it was hard mm-hmm. especially when you have to adapt to like learning a new language of course um, finding jobs that you know pay well enough to feed it at that time my mom's family of four um it, 
it, it was tough. Like, um, yeah, it was tough witnessing that. I don't know from their vantage point yet, but even for me as a kid, it was hard. So I can only imagine, you know, how hard, how much harder it was for them to experience that. Wow. So you grew up in, uh, yeah. growing up in a vibrant city like Miami, Florida. Like, yeah. How, what was growing up like for you? Like, I, I know, I know it was, it's an amazing city, but what were some challenges you faced growing up? Yeah. So, so in the part of Miami that I grew up in, it was predominantly Haitian. So like when I went to school, I was surrounded by Haitians. When I went to church, when I went to a grocery store, I was surrounded by Haitians. So the population was really like, um, like homogeneous in that sense, but uh, the struggles that I faced was really with poverty, mm-hmm. um, like being low income, like not being able to like get the shoes that I wanted for school or the clothes that I wanted for school. Um, I had to I faced childhood trauma at that time. I didn't know I didn't know that it was trauma, but I faced like just yeah, just trauma. Um, and also it was feeling like an outcast because um. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself, like, that people call me a nerd, but I was, like, kind of in the middle. So I would hang out with the cool kids, but I would also, like, I was in gifted, in the gifted program, so I had friends that were really smart in that sense. So I felt like an outcast, like, I didn't really fit into either group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was like, a, a struggle that I faced in school. But Would, would you yeah. say you grew up in a hood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how how hard was it to to maintain how hard was it to separate those two things because uh what this movie that remind me uh what's the name of that movie uh i i forgot exactly come on i forgot it but it, the idea of living two lives in one per, you have to like mm. maintain but then when you come back home it's like very hard to 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 remember so you have to like be like every every other kid, right? You have to maintain those two identities. How hard has it been to balance those two identities? Are you, are you talking about when I was growing up? Yes, when you were growing up. Right. So as a kid, it was, I mean, like, as a kid, my brain couldn't really, you know, wrap my head around that. I thought it was kind of normal, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that I didn't really, I couldn't really, you know, think, sit down and think about it and analyze it. Now that I'm an adult, I can do that. But then it was like, okay, this is happening to me, but I don't know. I can't really, I don't understand it. I can't put language to it. Um, but when I was growing up, it was like, I would go to school, right? And, you know, I had to, like, it was, I was just having fun with my friends. And, like, you know, we were kids, being the kids being of kids. Of course, of course. Um, but then when I went back home, I had these, you know, facing these struggles. And the only way that I could really cope with it, I didn't have anybody to talk to, was to hang out at school more, um, you know, get in like say, get in the after care program mm-hmm. go to my friend's house um play outside like i didn't go inside the house until i really wanted to go to sleep like that, those are the ways that i knew how to cope as a kid wow so growing up yeah. at, so at home was education an expectation or a privilege uh, yeah that's a great question um education was i think it was both so it was an expectation to, for me to go to elementary school you know middle school high school right like get the basic the basic um foundation Mm -hmm. but everything after that was definitely a privilege so me 
going to college, especially, you know, leaving my hometown, like not going to a community college, but going to a, you know, a state public university, mm-hmm. not only that, but going, you know, with a full ride scholarship, that was definitely a privilege. Um, I do not think at all that my family would have, you know, imagined that I, you know, they could have never imagined that this would happen. Um, they never put that pressure on me, you know, in the first place to go to college. You know, the, the thing for my family was graduate high school. That's it. Definitely. Um, at least get your high school diploma. That's the thing. So me going to college and then after that graduating, you know, being a first generation college student that graduates. And then on top of that, going to an Ivy League university for my master's, like all of that is definitely a privilege. Like that is not the norm, which, you know, it's sad to say, but it's not the norm for my family. It's not the norm where I come from, you know, in my community. So everything after the high school, Everything after high school is a privilege. And even sometimes, like, you know, it's not, you know, I was the first person, um, I'm the oldest, but, like, between my wow. cousins, like, the first person to get their, their high school diploma. So even that is, like, wow, like, it's a privilege, you know? Yeah, so you definitely had to create your own journey because nobody, nobody else right. came before you. Right. I'm exactly, like, I'm the oldest, but my parents didn't go to college, like, I had to create this journey and it really was because of the resources that I received, you know, from school, like mental being in part of like mentorship programs, like being surrounded by this organizations that, that were catered to people like me, like to students like me, like low income minority students. Um, those organizations really helped me in that journey. So um, that is why like I want to go into education. Like I, know from first-hand experience how important it is to have resources that you're not getting you know particularly from home so yeah um that's i'm sidetracking but yeah that's no, that's crazy <laughs> that's, that's crazy that's what uh many one of my friends told me about that he say sometimes you hear people's story about growing up and you and you right. never you never guess that they reach to the place they are because it's just right. unbelievable yeah. It's crazy if you think about. So being a gate millennium scholar like requires you to be able to to be a person who have annihilated so many struggle in your life, right? Yeah. And uh, so you grew up from the hood, right? And uh, in usually in the hood is many young black male and female uh, do not have the resources to like. To, to find scholarship, to find a way to go to college, right? Those opportunities, people don't come and teach students about those opportunities so often, right? They hear about mm-hmm. uh, sports. They hear about entertainment, well, being a rapper and all of that. Like, right. how did you find these opportunities? Because applying for the Gate Millennium Scholarship is a eight essay thing, right? It's, right. And uh, <laughs> it requires, like, and, and it requires so many people looking at your essay, like, where did you get the motivation right. to do all the background work, like to go through that 50,000 people applying to be one of the few chosen, then to move to the semifinal right. and choose all of that? How hard was that journey? It's The journey is, is crazy. Like, it's, there's a testimony behind that. So I didn't know about the Gates Scholarship until I was in chemistry class, and my friend just randomly told me, he's like, hey, have you heard about this the get scholarship? Like, what is that? Wow. So I had my laptop at that time, and I pulled it up, and I was like, "Whoa, this is, you know, awesome! Like a, a full ride! Like, whoa!" And I, I was just like so, you know, curious at that point, and I was like, "I have to do more research on it." And at that, 
at the time that he told me, it was like four days or three days until the application was due. Stop <laughs> so playing. I found out, right. I found out at the last minute about this scholarship. So I went home and I was like, eight. And then I like I found out what I had to do to apply. And I was like, eight essays? Heck no. Like, who has time? It's my senior year. I have no time to do eight essays. I have no motivation to do eight essays. And I had I asked, you know, my friends, I was like, because I kept thinking about it. I was like, should I apply? Like, you know, is it worth it to apply? Is it worth it to, like, really do these essays? And I, because I wanted, I knew that I wanted to go to college and I needed the money. Like, my family could not afford to pay for college. So I was like, should I do this? So I asked my friends and they were like, yeah, you know, you should do it. And I was like, Ugh. in the back of my head, I was like, oh, you're right. But uh, it's just too much work. So, so my friend told me that the next day, I, because I take the bus to go to school, um, I was sure I put my alarm on to go to school like a normal day. And then I ended up oversleeping. I don't know what happened to my alarm. I ended up oversleeping. Like, I had no way to go to school. I had to, my mom was at work. Um, my school was too far to walk. Like, I, didn't, I missed the bus. So I was like, you know what? Let me just stay home and work on these essays. So I literally sat down from the morning to, like, Wow. The evening time. Wow. I sat down and I was like, I was just going to have, I was like, went essay one by one and just started writing, writing, writing. And then I was like getting discouraged too because I would like do research. I was like, on gay scholars. And I was, and they were telling me like they got, they had these high GPAs. They started, you know, applying just like way in advance. And I was applying at the last minute. So I was got discouraged. I was like, dang, like, how am I going to get this? You know, like, I don't have straight A's. Like, I'm applying at the last minute. Uh, this is just too much. Like I, I just can't compare to these people. They have all of these years of like they have all these hours of community service. They're really involved. They're leaders and all this. And I was like, I just I'm not like that. So it was, you know, like I was feeling discouraged in that process. But I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. So I, you know, three days I just worked on this essays. I had my um teacher, my writing teacher, look at the essays. I just did everything, just you know, like that. And I just, I don't know what really motivated me was like, just, I had a gut feeling. I was like, I have to do this. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I have to do this. I have to do this. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's the definition of you're going to miss every shot you never yeah. take. You took that shot. There are, right. there are so many college students who get to that point and decide not to take that shot. And they never right. know what happened. Like for right. at least three days with that kind of work, I'm sure at least 60 to 70 percent believe that I'm just wasting my time, but you just decided to go. Right. Wow. Right. And that's, that's so true. Like, I know people that that would have got discouraged. Like, uh, there's no way that I'm going to do AS. Like, there's no way I'm going to go through this process. But you never know what can happen when you put in the work and you take the risk. Like, Definitely. That's so true. Definitely. And God, God help you miss that class that day. And because you miss, right. you miss one that's high school crazy. class. You have a whole college <laughs> and even PhD right. paid for. Right. And that, I'm not going to lie. My mom, when she came home, she was mad. She's like, why? Because, you know, Caribbean parents like, why did you go to school? But little did she know, like, I'm out here getting the whole. What did she education. say? What did you say when you tell her that's why you didn't go to school? She, she came home and she saw me at, at home and I was not at school. And she was, you know, she was mad. Like, why I didn't go to school? Like, why did I, you know, miss class? Like, um, so she was mad. But she didn't know that I was working on this, this scholarship application. It's like your life investment right there. Right. 
<laughs> that is amazing. So, and that's a and that's another like you know word of encouragement. Like you're gonna have the naysayers. You're gonna have people saying like, well, "Why are you doing this? Like you should be doing that." But really, you're making an investment for your future. Definitely. So there's a different yeah. there's a difference from when you were working, when you were trying to how to call it take advantage of the opportunity you were given versus when you actually got the opportunity like when you actually got that letter telling you you are going to college because as you said it's it's a privilege it was always a privilege for you to get the opportunity to go to college when you right. got that opportunity what did that mean to you because it's like something that you i mean you wanted to but you did not expect to be that sweet right so that's that's a great question. Like when I saw that letter, let me tell you, I screamed. Like I was with my at my grandma's house, um, and I was in my auntie talking to her, and I looked at the table, and I saw the envelope. It was a huge envelope. I was like, "Where did that come from?" Because I didn't see it there. And I opened the letter. I mean, I opened the envelope, and the first thing that I saw was congratulations. And I just screamed, and I ran outside because I knew, and cause I knew what it meant. Like I knew that I would finally have a chance to go to college. Like, I was so worried my senior year. I was like, I want to, you know, UCF is my dream school. Like, I want, I don't see myself staying here, but how in the world am I going to pay for this thing? And so getting that, getting that letter meant that I had the chance to, you know, do that. I had the chance to follow my dreams of getting, uh, you know, a, a degree from college in the college that I, my dream college, my dream school. Yeah, like getting and a break. Right, you know? Right, yeah. right. So, you know, my my auntie and my grandma, they saw me screaming. They didn't know. They were like, okay, what's the big deal? And I had to explain to them, like, this <laughs> is a full ride. Like, you have no idea. This is not common, you know? And I I knew that then, but even now I'm more aware of that because I have friends who don't have the same privileges that we have to get a debt-free education. They're, you know, swimming. Some of them are swimming in student loan debt, and I don't have to go through that struggle. So I really feel like this, opportunity is literally life-changing like it changes communities like you don't have to worry about paying somebody else with the money that you're being paid like i can take the money that i make once i graduate and invest and invest i can use that money to make more money i don't have to worry about paying any debt so it's it's life-changing it really is definitely and so many people do not realize that there are so many top caliber students right, right now in so many impoverished communities who decide not to go to college just because they do not have the mean to right that's crazy right so well is the university you went to a pwi yes it, it is a pwi so coming from a haitian like community a majority haitian community to uh, right. how hard was it to adapt as an african-american woman yeah oh my gosh it was hard i'm telling you that that was honestly one of the hardest things i had to do was to was the journey the transition from high school to college mm -hmm. that was one of the hardest things i had to do i dealt with isolation i dealt with loneliness i dealt with culture shock obviously because i'm now in a pwi like i did not see any white people at my school i did not see any white people in my community so going to a pwi i had a, a huge culture shock um, so it was hard. It was very difficult and it took time. The, the, the main thing that helped me was the community that I developed in affinity places, like people that look like me. So 
being a part of the Haitian organization on campus, okay. um, being part of the Christian campus organization, like uh, finding spaces that I fit in really made a difference. And another thing is that my university is huge. So you don't see the same people every day. So that is has definitely been, you know, the game changer in terms of what I was dealing with. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you defied the odds and graduated again. Yeah. And then you defied the oath to start your PhD at Harvard. But that didn't come easy, right? There was a time when you did not know what was next for you, right? When you had to make that decision, what what are you going to do after college? Right. How hard was it for you to hang on and believe that it was going to work out? Right. So, so I'm getting my master's, not PhD yet. <laughs> oh, master's, but okay. My, yeah, master's, but... Honestly, I was going back and forth. You know, my seniors like, I could go back home because my family, they, you know, they're going through stuff. I, I could go back home, you know, get a job, help them out. I could work full time, you know, in whatever state I want to. Like, I could, you know, go abroad. Like, I had all these options, right? But deep down, I knew that I wanted to go to Harvard to get my master's. Um, so it was really just a faith thing. I re- during that at that season, I really have to hold on to my faith that you know God would lead me where He wanted me to go. Mm-hmm. And so the same, I had a strong feeling about the Gay Scholarship, and that same feeling that I had then is was the same feeling that I had about Harvard. For real, yes, I had a strong feeling that this was the next step. And so knowing that because I had that feeling then and it worked out like. That gave me the motivation. Like, if it happened before, then it can happen again. Wow. So it's crazy. Like, I just had this, uh, I don't know. I don't even know where it came from. Like, it was really just supernatural, honestly. The faith that I had of the motivation, the inspiration that I had to to know that Harvard was it. Like, so much so that I only applied to Harvard. I didn't even, I tried to apply to other schools. And when I went on their website, I was like, nah, this is not it. You know, this this is not where I'm supposed to go. It's it's crazy. That is crazy, man. Like, he, yeah. I, I'm being, I'm, like, you are killing. That is crazy. The thing Honestly. is, the, the thing is, though, many people look at Harvard, one of the most honored universities around the nation, and they just get yeah. overwhelmed directly and say, that's not me. Many people, it's right. so easy for people to say, I am not good enough. But mm. for some reason, there is something, there's that feel inside you that told you, you are good enough and right. nothing else. You're going to settle for nothing else. Where did you get that? I mean, you had the faith, but I, that also required motivation. Like, what was right. what was you stepping on? I, knowing that, like, knowing that one, big, like, becoming a gay scholar is not, it's redefined the odds as a gay scholar. Like, for my cohort, this class of 2015, 67,000 people apply. Oh, we are the same class. Yeah, yeah. So all of those people apply. So you have a higher, I don't know the statistics, but maybe, I think, I don't know how many people applied to my class for Harvard, but I probably had a higher chance of getting the Gates Scholarship than I had of, I mean, I had a higher chance of going to Harvard than I had a chance of becoming a Gates Scholar. Like, I don't really know the statistics, but yeah, like knowing that it happened before, like I was a Gates Scholar, like, I would have never thought that that would have happened to me, but it did, and it changed my life. So who's to say that this can't happen again? Who's to say that I can't, you know, come, like do the impossible? And 
just becoming a gay scholar, like, I just had it in my mind that nothing is impossible, that, that anything can happen. Like, as long as you believe, as long as you work hard. And I knew that I worked four years at UCF. I worked my butt off. Like, I got involved. Um, I made sure to, you know, make sure that I was well-rounded as a, as a student. And I know that I really had a passion for education. So it just, I knew that it was a good fit, you know? So at the end of the day, it's, that's what schools are looking for. Like, you know, there's a myth and I'm, I'm going to talk about that later. I'm, I don't want to go. I'm going to talk about that later, but yeah. <laughs> wow. You inspire yeah. me. No, I, I'm glad that I can. Like, this is like, not, like I'm living it. It's not impossible. Like, I know that if it happened for me, then anybody, like, it can happen for anybody. How hard has it been so far? What do you, What is it like over there? Yeah, so it's been challenging. You know, you're going to a, a new environment, right? That's one, that's one aspect of the challenge. I'm coming to a new city. I'm coming up north. I don't know anybody here. I have to make friends all over again. Um, so it's been hard with a new move. Um, and another thing too is my program is only one year, so I can it can be like okay, like I have to figure out what I have to do. Like, what am I going to be doing after I graduate? Like, where am I going to stay? Where am I going to work? So then, anxiety, right? Anxiety about what's next after this. Yeah. Anxiety about am I making the most of this experience? Like, am I networking enough? Am I, you know, um, making connections enough? Am I doing enough? of the, the opportunity that I have to be here. And then on top of that, feeling like an imposter sometimes. Like, wow, like everyone here is amazing. Like, honestly, like, I'm coming out of undergrad and a lot of my classmates, you know, they have years of experience in the field of education. You know, they're they're older and more knowledgeable. So when I'm in a class, sometimes I'm like, wow, like everyone kind of in a way is smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like, you know, it may, I know that I belong, but it's like, Do I, I belong? That I have say that again? No, it's like it's like do I belong really? <laughs> right. Like do I do I have something to offer here? Like so um that's been for the since I've been here for three months, like the, the first, you know, three months have been that challenge, but now I'm like the same community that I had in undergrad that really helped is the same community that I'm developing here, like making like real community with people that I can be transparent with, that I can be honest with about my struggles with. And honestly, I'm not the only one struggling. There are people, there are other people struggling too. I have other classes that are struggling. So having that space to really be transparent, to support each other, to encourage each other has been really helpful. Definitely. You just remaining you being like staying who you yeah. are and just trying to right. do, do what you do best. That's amazing. Right. So according to what you, all the things that you just say, you look like somebody with confidence and your successes has shown you, have proved to you that with enough hard work, you'll be able to right. get to wherever you want. Did you ever feel, did you ever feel any imposter syndrome or intimidation in one of these classes, either at Harvard or during undergraduate where you felt like uh, you did not Yeah, belong? I felt that in undergrad, I felt that, I felt that in Harvard. Um, Because, like, think about it. Like, I am at an institution that is one of the most prestigious Ivy League, arguably the most prestigious Ivy League in um, the nation. And I am coming from, you know, undergrad. Like, I'm learning a lot. You know, it's only been three months, but I feel like I've learned a lot since my time here. Um, so sometimes I feel like, wow, like, I'm thinking, I, I sit in my class and I'm hearing the discussions and I'm like, wow, like, 
this is amazing. Like I'm learning so much and the struggle for me, which is good, but the struggle for me is what, because I'm not just here to get, I'm here to also give. So it's like, you know, what is my role? Like, what can I give to you guys? Like what, what do I have to offer to this, um, to this experience? Um, and I'm still trying to, I'm still figuring that out. Um, but yeah, I just have to remind myself that they chose me for a reason. Like there's a whole application, there's a whole, you know, um, admissions committee. They mm-hmm. saw my application. They read my personal statement. They saw my grades. They, they saw all of that and they chose me and they did for a reason. And, um, I have to, you know, this, the same confidence in myself that I had all of these years in school, the same confidence that I have to keep here. Um, yeah. And I don't have to, I can't shy away from that wow so many people yeah. do not understand uh many people do not get this but people like us right mm-hmm. we also have the responsibility not just after we become successful to be able to come back and help our family right because right. many students out there it's like their family are successful they are expected to go and be successful but they do not have any responsibility But some of us right. even have to provide, help provide for the family when we are in school, right? So right. how hard has it been for you to to balance that uh, pressure of being successful, following your dreams, and then, but also trying to uh, slow down and help your family, make sure that you are thinking of your family, making sure that you are doing right. something that's helping your family? That is an amazing question <laughs> because that is literally my life right now. Um, I am doing this not just for me. Like I'm not just getting a degree at Harvard because I want to be rich. That's not that's if I wanted to do that, I could do something else, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing this to, to really change the legacy of my family. Um, so it's I, I have to remind myself that I am here to become better so that when it's like when I go back home I have something to offer you know mm-hmm. so when I'm on the phone with my mom and I'm you know like talking to my siblings and stuff like that I'm like bro like this it can't be the same like I I'm getting all of these amazing experiences I'm getting all this amazing knowledge and resources but I have a responsibility like you said to to um, go back home and to, you know, multiply those things. So yeah. that's always in the back of my mind. Like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my community. I'm doing this for people who, you know, don't have the same privileges that I have to be in the same spaces that I have to, that I have the opportunity to be in and their voices still matter. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a challenge. Like, I get homesick. Like, I just want to go home and, like, help out. Um I struggle with that undergrad, but I have to remember that I'm just becoming better so that when I do go home and I do have the um, freedom to be with my family again, like I have so much more to offer to them. Wow. But yeah. thinking about your story, it's like, I mean, so many people, but if you, somebody just sit down and think about your story, right? All the oh. things that you have been through, places that you weren't, According to the laws of life, you weren't supposed destined to be in there, but you made your you made your way there, right? Right. You found a way to get there, right? And I'm sure right. in the middle there were so many struggles, right? And I'm sure, like right. any other human being, there were times that you found yourself wondering, 
should I keep going? Like, is this right. gonna stop? Like, am I able to do this? All those things pop in your head. Like, what motivates you every single day to rise and keep fighting? Right. Um, the legacy that I want to get, that I want to build. Like, knowing that I have one life to live. I'm not. Um, I don't. My tomorrow is not promised. And so every single day, the decisions that I make for today is going to determine my future. And that's in my mindset now. Like, even my, my perspective on time, like, I don't have time to waste. Um, I, don't, I think every second now is precious. And so the way that I manage my time has changed. Like, we only have one life to live, right? We, you know, all of us have the opportunity to, to do great things. Like, greatness is on the inside of every single person on this earth. But we are responsible to be stewards of that of that greatness we're responsible to multiply the gifts and the talents that we have so every single day i wake up in with that in my mind like with that you know mindset that what i do today is going to determine my tomorrow like i have a great you know visions and we all have goals and visions for our lives but it's not going to happen by accident you know we have to create that that the life that we dream of and i want to create my dream life you know i don't <laughs> You know, when I look back 10 years from now and live in regret, like I would rather, you know, live knowing that, okay, I failed, but at least I tried and live, you know, not knowing what could have happened if I, if I did try, you know? Wow. Definitely. Yeah. So many people, it's like, the things I'm sure there is, you have so many more like successes that will be coming from you. But the things that you yeah. have already done, for if you really ponder upon it, it's like, wow, you you are successful. Like, you have created a legacy, right? Because you have yeah. changed the life of so many generations coming from your family. Because coming from the hood, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about your family uh, who never went to school. And you're uh, being the older, being the... Who who never went to ha- college and being the older siblings, right? Who's supposed to craft a journey, a, a role model path for all your siblings to follow, right? Right. You getting a higher education is like you are telling your brothers, your uh, brothers, uh, the, your your nephew and nieces that will be coming, and your kids and your grandchildren and the great grandchildren right. that's coming. You are creating a path and telling them that it is possible. It is possible yeah. to go and get a higher education. It's like you ha- you have changed the legacy of your family by just right. showing the people that are coming that it is possible. Right. To to just get to this place, like how have you ever thought about that? Like was that something no, planned or? <laughs> yeah, I thank you for bringing that up. I. Sometimes I'm like hard on myself. I'm like, oh, it's not a, like I maybe I haven't done enough. Like every time I reach a level, I'm like, okay, like this isn't it. There's so much more <laughs> that I have to do. But you're right. Like you know, even now, if I don't do anything else with my life, like knowing that it is possible, like knowing my story, knowing where I come from, and still me being able to defy the odds and be where I am, like it is possible. If, if it happens for me, then it can happen for my kids. It can happen for my children. Um, so you're right. Like the legacy is already being like you know built, and yeah, the, you know, thank you for bringing that up because it, yeah, it's, it's even crazy to think about and really meditate on. 
definitely. So there's a young lady right now who's having to sleep in her car, who's working double jobs to feed herself and mm. pay for personal expenses, right? Who's having to take care of her parents sometimes, or even who's mm. barely finding enough energy to keep her head above the water in order to survive. What kind of advice would you give her? So, um, I'm not gonna pretend to know that I know her whole situation. Like, I'm not gonna pretend to know that I have an understanding of what she's going through or how hard it must be. I don't want to be that person, but I want to commend her for the fact that she has not given up. That she's choosing every single day to, you know, wake up to go to work to take care of her parents, even though she knows that life could be so much better. So I want to first commend her. Um, and I also want her to know that God knows her situation better than anybody else, better than me, a stranger. He knows, he sees the tears. He knows the issues, the problems, and that he wants to take care of those needs and burdens. Like God is really the, the main person, the main, the main one that has really brought me where I am. Like this, I would not be here if it wasn't for God. So I know that if he did it for me, then he can do it for you. Like he can change somebody's entire situation like, like that, like nothing is impossible for him. So I would encourage her to first see God, you know, first allow um, him to take care of her needs, to take care of her burdens, to, to um, cry at, to cry to him, to uh, allow him to, you know, lead her and guide her to what she should be doing and what, um, yeah, what she should be doing. And then I would encourage her to seek out a village of people who can support, like people who are, of course, loving, kind and understanding that would support her because we can't do life alone. Like it's, it's really hard to do life um, in general and it's hard to do life alone. So I would encourage her to seek out a group of people that would be able to support her um, in this season. And yeah, I would just encourage her to seek ultimately God for wisdom, for protection, for provision, um, because he can take all of those, you know, the the mess of our situation, the mess of our story, and make it into a beautiful masterpiece. So that is my encouragement to her. Wow. Wow. One last thing yeah. here. What is one thing that have kept you, what is one thing that have gotten you where you are today? If there is one thing, one characteristic, one person, or anything that have got you where you are today so far? I would say God. Like, um, <laughs> I know it's, it may seem like, okay, like, everyone, it's so cliche. Like, no, but seriously, like, the amount. So from the so from the time that I was a young person, like, I had I struggled at home. I struggled at school, right? So where, where can I go? You know, like, I'm struggling wherever I go. So really the person that I went to was God. Like, I grew up in church, so my, my family gave me that foundation at a young age, which I'm very appreciative of. But putting my faith not in a person, putting my faith not in a thing, putting my faith not in, you know, um, the future. Like, I put my faith in, in God to really guide me and lead me. And if he hasn't failed me yet, like, I think my life is a testimony and for a reason because now I can testify to his goodness and faithfulness. So he's really been the person to keep me, to heal me from the pain that I've experienced, the trauma that I've experienced as a child. And then bring me here so that, you know, when it's when it's time, I can go back and help other people. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. This was amazing. No, thank you. 
and hearing yeah, you is like uh, I, I know we met before but now I'm kind of, <laughs> you didn't tell me all of this <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have time we were busy like you know traveling so there you have it people thank you so much for tuning into the Mamba Inspire You Are Not Alone podcast we have another great story next episode make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel Twitter and Instagram for updates look up Mamba Inspire Mamba Inspire